In this week's episode, we have the most delightful guest. We have Kumbi with Legally Set. She is an attorney that basically is going to break it all down so we don't get screwed or sued. Prepare yourself for one of the most entertaining episodes we've ever had, actually. Take a listen. We are gathered here today to bring together the wedding community. Whether you are a seasoned pro, a newbie planning to start your own wedding business, or an engaged couple hoping to see behind the scenes, we're here to share tips, tricks, and laughs with you as we talk weddings. The Union Podcast is a show that aims to build a community for those in the wedding planning trenches. Join Jamie Wolfer, Heather Laurie Fear, and special guests in roundtable discussions about the challenges and joys of the wedding business. And now, here come your hosts, Jamie and Heather. You guys, I'm so excited to have Kumbi here today because I've been following her with her website, uh, which is Perfect, which has kind of got that French vibe, so I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, but I, French is real hard to me. That was flawless. Okay, good. I nailed it. Well, welcome. We are so happy to have you here. And we are specifically talking today about something new and super exciting that you've launched recently, Legally Set. So... Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Heather. I'm so excited. And, and Jamie, thank you guys so much for having me. This is really exciting. And it's so it's even funner because I can see your faces. So it's cool. <laughs> now, for those of you who are listening, like for our listeners, what is Legally Said? Okay. So Legally Said is an online shop that sells what I think is just the best thing ever. It's ready to use, easy to understand contract templates for entrepreneurs, creatives, and small businesses. Basically, yes. a lot of people want instant, you know, like they want to be able to have quality. And I say quality because I know the kind of work that I do and what I have done with those documents, but they want quality attorney drafted contracts for their businesses. And these are made and tailored exactly to the industry that you're looking for. So they're great contracts that are basically almost drafted for you at that point, because you basically see everything that you usually need in your contracts mm. there. So they're ready-made contracts available to purchase online. So that's what Legally Set is. Genius. Yes. And I mean, what a year to roll that out, because I think this was the year that taught so many vendors that they need a really good contract. Yeah. A lesson, a lesson beyond words. I think this, you know, when you say you're just getting a continuous beating, the event industry probably felt that the hardest, especially with, well, event industry and the hospitality industry hand in hand. So this was, yeah, I'm glad that it came out this year. I wanted to launch in January. I don't know how I found myself like in what's when they in October launching, you know, when you just keep putting something in the back burner, but I'm just glad I actually finally brought it out. Yeah. And it's been amazing. That's awesome. And with your expertise and skills, do you have any advice or reassurance for our listeners who are potentially in that boat and sitting there fully panicked right now, knowing they have a terrible contract situation or no contract, which is like even worse? Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm always so surprised to find people that don't have agreements. A lot of people have worked so I guess, luckily for so long with, you know, just handshake agreements, like handshake conversations with their clients. But the first thing I will say is that don't panic. Yes, it feels like everything's about to come crashing down, but like that's the reason why you have these tailored contracts. Purchase a contract on Legally Set, for instance. At least you know that for any of the clients moving forward, especially for the people that had to postpone so many to the next year, you have this opportunity now to start afresh. You have an opportunity now to send new agreements out and have your clients sign them on your new terms, on terms that you know that are secure, 
And at the same time, you have opportunities to send things like amendments out to make sure that, you know, there are new, the things that you want to make sure are included are included in the agreement. There's no reason why you should be moving blind or depending on a 2019 signing for something that keeps getting postponed and then ends up in 2021 or 2022. There's so, so many chances for loss of income, but there's also so many chances for like terms that no longer apply to what your business is about. And that's dangerous. So I love the idea of giving them new agreements and starting afresh. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think, I think for, for me, that sounds, I get kind of scared to send out a new agreement. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I'm like, am I allowed to do that? Is that something I'm like, we've signed a contract already. Can I just send them a brand new one? How does that work? Okay. So what I usually recommend is sending them a re- like a, basically what I call a rescheduling agreement. It's not an addendum. So you're not just tacking it onto an old okay. contract or whatever. It's basically saying that, okay, we're terminating the old agreement, but what's going to happen now is that I'm going to retain the money that you have paid as credit and we'll use it towards the new event, or we're going to transfer all that money to a new event when you have a new date subject to a new agreement. That way, what's happening is that you're terminating that. And you usually make it in in terms of like a business perspective, you just be like, I know it's been a long year and we haven't really put everything set in stone as to your new date, especially now that there's a lot of like dates that are in flux because I mean, the Corona numbers are getting high again. So you never really know if the January wedding is going to happen the same way anymore, the February or the March one. So you'd be like, okay, see, since there's so much uncertainty as to when the new date is, how about we do this? Let's retain the credit from the old agreement so that you're not in breach or anything like that. And then we'll sign a new agreement. Here it is. Find it attached. <laughs> That's the yeah. easiest way to do it. Make it cute and be like, I just want to make sure that you're completely protected, especially if maybe you're one of those people that will be offering some kind of refund. Make it about them and just be like, I want to make sure that you are completely protected. I know that the other agreement might not have like complete direction just to make sure that we, both of us are clear as to how this would yeah. proceed. Please find attached the new contract. It's the same. It's mostly the same term. So you don't panic about anything, but it also makes and points out language about what happens if there's a new postponement or anything like that. That's how I normally do it because the problem is you can't make law sound pretty. It's yeah. not a sexy thing. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know? So there's only so much BS you can put in there that says, oh, this is not a new contract because it is a new contract. But I think it's so important. If you feel like your contract, your previous contract is not great or it's one of those contracts that could get you in trouble, bite that bullet and send them something and attach a new agreement and just be like, okay, just in case so that we can protect each other. And also just so that we are clear about how to move forward. That's how I would do it. I, I think you should, I think it's natural for you to get afraid because they're the ones paying. And, and in most cases, because it's a postponement, you're already trying to avoid them asking for a refund or like screwing up your bag. That's the yeah. big thing. So, so that's how, so the way I usually do it is, I mean, if it's something simple enough and you feel like your contract is strong enough, you can still do an amendment and add like maybe amend one or two terms there just to make it clear. But the best piece of mind you can get is if you're able to cancel that old one and just be like, Hey, all the money that you paid is safe. This is basically what that is saying. Just trying to make sure that we're all on the same page about the money you've paid. I won't char- like maybe I won't charge you a rescheduling fee. Just sign this new agreement so we know how we're moving forward next time. That's it. We interrupt this podcast because there is something extremely special that I want to share with you guys. I don't know about you, but for the last who knows how many years, I have been using a Frankenstein Google copied and pasted contract. And while that is extremely embarrassing to admit to all of our listeners, I know that there are people out there who feel the same as I do. 
And there were a couple things that kept me from actually getting an attorney-drafted contract. Actually, no, there was one thing. It was so expensive, and it seemed so out of reach. That's when I learned about Legally Set. You see, Coonbay with Legally Set has created industry-specific contracts for people like you and me working in the wedding industry. They're easy to customize. They're drafted by an actual attorney and not Google. Can you imagine that? And last but not least, they are so extremely affordable. So if you were like me and maybe using a less than appropriate and or legal contract, it's time to step up your game. You have no more excuses. Head on over to theunionpodcast.com slash legally set to check them out. I think the phrasing of that is super important and because so many of us right now are like, we're making it up as we go along. But I yeah. think that language of specifically this is to benefit both of us. This oh, is to yes. both of us safe. Mm-hmm. We're not BSing them. We are genuinely putting together a contract or working off of a contract that is going to protect both parties. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you, I think it's so important. I think the one thing that is unique about the industry that we're in is that it's everybody's emotionally invested. It's not, it's not like before, like at least with event planners, for sure. You guys um, turn that thing into like your own baby and it's like, unfortunately, <laughs> As a lawyer, I judge you because it's just like, wow, you're getting too emotionally connected into this thing, like dangerous. Because when when they turn on you, they turn on you deep and fast because it's such an emotional event. Like the contract is not something that doesn't attach an emotional component to it. You know what I mean? Sure. And that's what that emotional component is what makes people crazy. Because the minute that something feels like it's off, they lose their mind. And then they all of a sudden you're their enemy. You know what I mean? So it's really important that you're clear from the beginning because of that, that it's like, okay, no, listen, like it's for me and you, like it's basically to make sure that this is not anything that there's no surprises. I want to make sure that we are always on the same page. Yeah. I feel like that framing it's so important. And I know, especially because our audience tends to be a lot of very new wedding vendors, that sometimes when you're starting out, it feels like outside of your experience level to have this formal contract. It feels uncomfortable. Uh, So you feel like, oh, we'll just keep it casual. We'll just keep it friendly. But that is like the worst gray area world to live in where no one knows the rules and no one understands the boundaries. So if someone is in that place, if they have no contract at all whatsoever and they're just starting out, where do you, what do you suggest that they do? Okay. So if that's, that's a very good question. Cause I think that a lot of people, and it's not even like you said, for new people and then for people that are just beginning to make their this an official business. It's always that uncomfortable thing. Like for instance, if you're doing a family members thing, all of a sudden you realize that it's okay. I know I said I was doing this as like my first thing because it's my family member, but then you realize that the family member doesn't care about that because they still are the client. They're still Mm -hmm. the person that stay like you're not only is it your professional reputation at stake, but it's also their most memorable event at stake. So like all these things are all cute in theory, but once you start thinking about it that way, because I bet you if something goes wrong, they're still going to throw a fit about it. Like they're still going to be very disappointed or they're still going to, have that bad blood, regardless of if that's your sister or that's your two times cousin removed. Do you know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, it's still, it's still a service. I always say this, like you have to take yourself as seriously as you want other people to take you. So if you're there looking like you want to collect money in exchange for services, please do not run away from the, the ugly part of business. Do not run away from the serious part because 
at the end of the day, you look like a hundred times more professional if you have a contract. And then also it gets your cousin to understand the boundaries. Because I bet you if you send that contract out, they're like, oh, wait, wow, Kumbi is really taking this thing seriously. Like, <laughs> I have to take it like, ooh, fancy. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. that's the whole point because it also elevates the way they see you the yeah. minute you start to start sending these business documents out. And that way they know that you're not playing and you're going to take this business seriously. And it also helps for them to pay you because it's always family that you start hearing, oh, I can't, I can't send this out this week or whatever. Once you have those things in place, like how... Heather, uh, Jamie, we're talking about how Heather loves systems. This is a system. I feel like this is a system that needs to be integrated in there is the whole legal aspect of it. So what I would say to people that are starting out and people that are, you know, a bit self-conscious or nervous about the whole idea of a contract, please do not be that way. Because at the end of the day, it's the first beyond your proposal. It's the next thing that's going to make people feel like you're a serious business. And that way they will know not to mess with you. And also it's going to save you a lot of money in terms of refunds. Yeah. I, I'm nodding aggressively. I know you guys can't see me, but I am because I had a situation with a family member where we didn't sign a contract and I helped out and there were frustrated feelings afterwards and throughout. And so like, you're saying all this and I'm like, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Getting a little too uh-huh. close to home. Like, I know, Kumi. Okay. Yeah. But it, you're so right because- if if you don't present that professional front and it's just like, oh, sure, I'll just kind of do, it's it's that boundary thing that in the beginning of my business, even with normal clients that I wasn't related to when I wasn't good with my boundaries that that I was taken advantage of or I said yes to too many things when I didn't know my own contract or my own proposal or what my offerings were. And then I would do above and beyond those things and then expectations got muddled. So yeah, that definitely speaks to me. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that it's it's not it, with expectations comes like disappointment. There's two things here. And like avoiding disappointment is probably one of the biggest things that a service provider wants to do. Like mm-hmm. you don't want a situation, like especially now in this age of like, you know, social media where it literally just takes one tweet to ruin your business. Like it just, it takes one person saying something and the SEO taking it to the top of the like Google search or whatever. So that when somebody Googles your business and that's the first thing that they see, they don't care that you've done like, a hundred thousand weddings that have been like super seamless. It's that one crappy one with the crappy Mm. client that's going to come out and be a thing. You know what I mean? So I think that the things that you can do in the back end that can at least help you prevent that are the best things. One thing I say, and everybody just calls me a pessimist, but honestly, it's my law degree. Um, (laughs) When everything that you're doing, you're setting up for the day that something goes wrong. Like you're setting up for the day that that thing fails. Why? Because it's when that thing, like if when something hits the fan, right, is when you need, when you start to lean on the contract. Like it could be all roses and everything up until the point that one person is being like, oh, well, but you told me that everything was 100% refundable. And especially for, like I keep going back to event planners and people that provide services before the event date, because it's so important that you're able to, have a document that explains that you are performing from the minute that you are contracted. And so certain amounts of money cannot be returned at certain amounts of, like at certain periods of time. Otherwise you end up being the broke person and that person already has your work that you have provided to them for free. And you don't want that, especially in this volatile time now where there's going to be cancellations, there's going to be rescheduling. I saw one of my clients literally had 
I think today one of the states has cut down attendance again, all of a sudden, like obviously because of the um, COVID numbers rising, and now it's down to 10 people in, in, at an event again. Guess what? Mm. Now all her things that are supposed to happen next week and the week after are going to change severely. Mm. You don't want a situation where somebody's coming at you and being like, hey, I want all my money back. But I designed a whole event that was supposed to happen. That is, that is not how things are supposed to work. Like, do yeah. the math. Like, you have already provided so many hours of service. In other words, you have done, because you were working on this event, you were unable to work on another event that could have gotten you money, which is what we call, like, liquidated damages, because there's no way for you to even put a number on the fact that I've completely lost income from something else. So... This is, these are the things that a contract helps you with. And it's, it, it also helps you not have to worry about it. I, I was telling you guys before that I'm, I'm lazy in the sense that I don't want to have to fight for things. I just mm-hmm. want to be able to say in the most obnoxious and condescending way that possible, per the terms of my agreement, this <laughs> is this and this. Like, you know what I mean? Or even yeah. the more passive-aggressive manner, screenshot or quote it and be like, mm-hmm. you signed this, dear. Don't, like... <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, because this, these are the things that cost you money. Yeah. These are the things that cost you money. These are the things that cost your family money. These are the things that un, um, prohibit you from doing things that you wanted to do because you've done this service for someone and they have to take it seriously because it's your hard earned time and money that has gone towards that. That's my whole thing with contracts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So as a seasoned expert on this, what are like some of the most common mistakes that you see wedding professionals making on their contracts? Ooh, first things first. I do not, I always get so sad when I I see no language at all as to whether your retainer or deposit is Mm. non-refundable in any situation. Like, in fact, I'm I'm always sad. (laughs) Like, I don't know, but I just, you just see people talking about what the deposit is or whatever. And obviously making, making a statement as general as, oh, you have to pay this 50% deposit to continue and not mentioning whether or not that money is refundable in any manner, for instance, if the person decides that they don't want to move forward again, is dangerous in that you could have worked months and months. And let's say the event is not happening and then the person is telling you that they want a 100% refund. Sometimes it's really hard to fight those or at least on the face of it without having to go to court or like small claims or arbitration if the language is not clear as to what happens in terms of a postponement or cancellation. That's my number one thing and that's probably even on the first, in the first couple of words of a contract. Another thing for me, like now and especially in this time, your postponement language must be as clear as day. It needs to be very clear what happens if there is a postponement. What happens if there's a postponement because of a lockdown? What happens if there's a postponement for no reason, like for any reason at all? There needs to be language there as to which amount of money is due, which amount of money is not. In most cases, with like for instance, with different kinds of people, like for instance, with a photographer, maybe the money, it's going to be maybe you charge a 25% or 35% um, retainer that's non-refundable because obviously you had to forego another date to book that date. But there might be some money that's completely refundable because you haven't performed anything on that date. For an event planner, it might not be the same thing because you obviously have a payment schedule. Maybe it's 25%, 25%, 25%, and then the balance 60 days or 30 days before the event. But there has to be language there that's very clear so that every single money that is paid per the payment schedule is non-refundable as work already completed. Mm-hmm. It's non-refundable because you've already done the work. You're designing, yeah. you're executing. An event planner is a project manager. So there's so many steps over the time that execution and performance is already happening. So by the time somebody is walking down the aisle, an event planner has already completed every single thing that they're supposed to do. 
literally everything towards that day is 99.9% execution. So why would you be refunding that amount of money? So this right. is the reason why it's very, it needs to be very clear what's refundable and what's non-refundable in any situation. And I haven't even gotten into the conversation about force majeure because force majeure is the bell of the ball. That's what everybody's been talking about, which means an intervening force. It means a major incident, basically, that is preventing that event from happening. That's completely out of the hands of the party that is asking for a postponement, which in most cases is usually the client, but in some cases it might be the vendor. And that's why is that? Because there's a lockdown that's not permitting them. There's a, there's a bloody pandemic that is making everything very difficult for people. The thing about it now with contracts moving forward, that is not a surprise anymore. The only thing that will be a surprise is a government lockdown. But in reality, everybody is aware, is aware of that. We're in a pandemic. It can't be a surprise anymore. So now, really, they will be relying on your actual postponements clause, which is why the, like, this postponement clause needs to be tight and there's no doubt. Like, and you will find now, anybody that's listening, you will find that new clients are always going to negotiate that aspect. They will always want to negotiate what the refund is because now all of a sudden everybody's an expert. So they will <laughs> always want to, like, like, I don't know, Jamie, if you're getting those questions already, but that's the first question they'll ask you. So I want to see your postponements clause. Like, can I see what is your, what is your policy on refunds or like multiple postponement dates? So that's what happens. And so I think that that's where the first mistake would lie, like the proper, most expensive mistake. Another one is cancellation. Your cancellation should be a conversation in any situation. It's not like if they decide they don't want to get married anymore, if they decide they don't want to have the wedding anymore because they are tired of postponing, whatever the case, your cancellation language should be a red line. It should be that in the terms, in, in, in the event of a cancellation, here's how much money you'll be getting back or here's how much no money you'll be getting back. Whatever the case, please just know that this is exactly what will be happening. I would not be refunding any money as work already performed. And that's where we will go. And we'll just end it at that. So those, those, those for me, and I'm sure for everybody, that's, those are important things that need to be there. There also needs to be, one thing I do like to include, and I see that a lot of people don't, is a safe working environment clause. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yes. Because, because now you are, as service providers are putting yourself in environments. <laughs> Let's put it there. Like, I mean, in general, a lot of people do have safe, and, uh, safe working clauses against harassment, for instance. Like, I don't want to be in a situation where I feel like my life is in jeopardy. I don't want to be in a situation where people aren't following whatever the rules are that they're supposed to be following. Like, for instance, if the state is mandating, I was about to say gloves, but I don't think gloves are one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, think it's just mass. the masks in most states, but maybe, maybe New York. <laughs> well, no, for some reason we're kind of flexed right now, but we'll see. <laughs> but like, um, so it's the masks, obviously, but also you're also letting the couple know, like, if it's a situation where there's someone who maybe might have tested positive and is actively sick there, you and your staff have the right to walk away because there's no reason why. And so that's clear that you have the right to seize services because this is not a safe working environment for you because you have to remember that you are liable for your staff. So yeah. <laughs> like, it's not just you anymore. So you really shouldn't be putting yourself in harm's way in that regard. So a clause like that is always helpful moving forward. I think everybody knows that force majeure clause is now like is now more important than anything. Yeah. There has to be a clause that says if something crazy, I mean, 2020 is not over yet, but knock on wood, we're doing good now. I hope like, I hope November, <laughs> just hoping that we're not like, you know, <laughs> there's not any, there's not nothing wilder that's going to come, but like you, there's so, there's so much unpredictable stuff and you have to be very like 
at least have something there that protects you in the event of the unimaginable so that you can say that. And what a force majeure is, and I think the mistake that a lot of people make is that they think that a force majeure is an, is like just basically a, a get out of contract free card. In reality, what it means is that this, this, the service cannot happen right now, so it's temporarily suspended until they're able to have the event. Mm. You know what I mean? I think yeah. that's the mistake that a lot of people make. And it's a mistake in general when you don't understand the terms of your agreement. So what that is saying basically like, is that, oh, whoa, wait a minute. Like we can't do it right now, but the party that is triggering that clause of the contract needs to let you know with immediate effect what is happening. We will start, and to the best of my ability, I will suspend the activity. And then you have to let me know when it's over so that we can proceed with that. In the event that you're not able to proceed with it, please follow the terms of my cancellation. I have mm. never heard force majeure explained so succinctly <laughs> that sh- like in layman's terms, because even before you read it like that or explained it like that. I was like, that's not, I don't even know what it, I, I know it's something to do with act of God or something happened. Everybody always goes back to that, but then I feel like that's not the important part, but yes. Okay. Yeah. So it's act of God, but what the hell happens? That's the most important part that people are mistaking. It's so like, a lot it's of a pause button. Like, yeah. It's yeah. a pause button. Like, okay, wow. There's a tsunami. We cannot continue with this. How would you like to proceed? Yeah. So we can temporarily suspend this and I will do my best to transfer all services to whatever the new date is. And this is how it will go. But in the event that you're not able to do this, this is how much I'd be able to refund and how much I wouldn't be able to do it. It's basically like, oh my God. And I wouldn't call it an oh shit moment. Basically, it's just like, oh my God. Like, I don't know <laughs> what's happening. And that's what a force majeure is. And I think what I've ended up seeing as mistakes per your question, Heather, is that people just define what a force majeure is, but there's no instruction as to how to proceed if there's one. Hmm, so it's yeah. really just about, oh, defining lockdown and this and this. Okay. <laughs> and? And what happened? And, and, yeah. and then what? Yeah. Like, okay, so yeah, we're all here swimming in this act of God. How about? Like, what else are we supposed to do? <laughs> <laughs> like, so that's, that's, that's the part for me. And I think, so in general, those are the things that trigger, like, shock in me in general. It's like, oh my God, like, these things are ex- exposing you to like liability in some way or the other. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing is the liability risk. If you don't have all of this, I mean, financial liability, but also like you said, your health, your team's health, like all of this is very serious at this time. What other key details should be included in a contractor? I mean, are those basically the main highlights because there's things like deliverables and payment schedules and all that, or should those be like addendums or Oh no! Yeah, no, like, I'm like, well, I don't know. Like, <laughs> you're wrong. Don't no, I, get, I get what you're saying. No, so definitely, those those are just even just barely even the top of the surface in terms of what you should include. Definitely, your it should be very clear what your fee is. It should be clear from the beginning what your fee is. If you're someone that charges by percentage, then it should be very clear what your minimum fee is. It should be very clear what your minimum guest count is, especially moving forward where people are going to be going down downsizing. So maybe a 250-person um, wedding that was supposed to happen is now down to 75. What happens and how much are you losing? So there should be a minimum fee there and it should be very clear from the beginning. But also the, not just the fee, but the breakdown as to the payment schedule. How much is due when? I don't see any reason why you should still be collecting balances three, um, two weeks or like in a 14-day window from the, the wedding because chances are you're still going to do the wedding even though they don't pay mm-hmm. <laughs> like on time and you're still chasing them and then what happens but that's just my own personal opinion but like I, there should be a payment schedule that you are going to stick to more than anything else there should be a clear detail of the services that you're providing because this is where event planners photographers all of y'all this is where you fall short because you put stuff there and end up doing times 10 what you're not like what you did not even plan 
to do. All of a sudden, you're the, the MC, the DJ. You're also the person that's putting the flowers <laughs> in and helping them with the DIY. Yeah. The and you're like, wait a minute. I did not get paid for this. <laughs> like, yeah. like, what am I doing? Am I a seamstress? And then you find yourself sewing things that you don't have any plans to. In fact, a lot of my clients include what I call their no-no list, where it's like, I do not provide the following services. And you list out what those services are so it's clear from the beginning because clients will forget. Mm. All of a sudden, they'll start talking about, oh, but I thought you, you do centerpieces too. But I thought, wait, so who's going to handle this? Like, I thought you guys did the courier service. Who's going to transport my groom to the wedding or something like that? And it's all these things that you had no plans of mm-hmm. doing. And especially if the client is an irritant, you start finding that irritation quick. Like, oh my God, I don't even like this person. Why am I doing this? <laughs> so it's really important that your detail and your statement of, like your statement of work is very clear because it's something that we call scope creep. In any kind of industry, you will always find that people try to get more than they paid for. And it's mm. very important that you're establishing your contract that that is not going to happen. And if anything that is not included in the list of services or in the scope of your work is available at an additional hourly fee. Scope creep. What an apropos term for that. Because you're right. It's like just a little bit and then just a little bit more. And then I literally wrote down, make a no-no list because, because because as wedding planners, I mean, there are, there's a whole myriad of different wedding planners out there. There's only day of coordinators where they just show up on your big day. There is what I lovingly refer to as the J-Lo style of wedding planner, where they plan absolutely everything from start to finish. They plan every single detail. So a client's going to come to us and be like, what do you got for me? Like, what do you, I don't even know what you do because there are so many of you out there doing so many different things. That is a good point because in, in, in their defense, like they don't know any better. Nope. So they're just going, all they know is this person is going to plan my wedding. Yep. So as far as you're concerned, they just expect, and this is the thing I said about expectations and disappointment. Like, you know, you don't want to now lay that, like basically their expectations are what they've seen on TV. Like you said, they're coming to you expecting hell and high water. And which is right, actually brings me to a good point. Please, if you are that kind of planner that is handling different parts of the, um, like, you know, the event and superseding everything, make it very clear from the beginning that you are not responsible for vendor contracts. You will supervise and be the project manager for that, but the client is the one that is contracting separately with the vendors and every liability is between the client and the vendor so that the event planner doesn't find themselves in the middle and being included because like, 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 Jamie just said, they see you as the face of the wedding. So mm-hmm. as far as they're concerned, you're responsible if the DJ's booth catches fire all of a sudden or he's like, he completely doesn't show up on that yeah. day. You know what I mean? But that's not the reality. And you want to make sure that your liability is limited from the beginning, especially in your contract. Yeah, which I, you said that and I'm like, yes, I have that in my contract. Boom, cool, winning. <laughs> um, so I have a question that's actually not even on our list. I'm working with another vendor in the wedding community uh, seasoned in a different sort of business and is now transferring over into this. Um, mm-hmm. And it specifically said, the contract doesn't really matter. And this is a person in his 40s. The contract doesn't really matter. People are going to sue you whether, whether you want them, like whether you have a good contract or not. Mm-hmm. So um, has handwritten in some things, not handwritten, but like self-written things and made addendums or made it like really, really very simple terms. Mm-hmm. because. In his opinion, if he's going to get sued, he's going to get sued whether a lawyer wrote it or whether he wrote it. 
Oh. <laughs> well, what's going to end up happening is that if a lawyer wrote it, it's going to limit the amount of liability and the amount of money. For instance, something as simple as a limitation of liability, stating that regardless of what happens in terms of the law, apart from the fact that like, maybe you walk there and literally stab someone in the back and cause an injury that's blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah, the, the amount of liability is limited to the amount that you were paid. How sweet is it is that all I have to say, like, regardless of whatever it is, like, take your money back and get the hell out of my life. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that, that is something as simple as that is even already a big step towards whatever the case. I, I've heard a lot of people say that. And the truth is that that is not true. Like, people are not going to sue you, like, regardless of what happens. That's the reason why you break down your agreement into very understandable terms, because I bet you at least 75 plus people, 75% plus of the people will see from your agreement alone that they are not able to sue. At least if they take it to a lawyer that's worth their salt, they will see it and be like, okay, nah, this is not even worth it. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, what you're going to end up pushing for is the return of your money. And at the, at the worst case scenario, it's also the reason why I always recommend, even with your contract, like even if also with your contract, it should be very clear as to how you want to handle jurisdiction and mm-hmm. also dispute resolution, because you will find that the more you make it difficult for the client to like, like sue in that regard, like the, the less likely that they're going to be able to, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Make, it, make sure that it's your jurisdiction, have them come to you in that regard and have them agree to whether it's maybe mediation, arbitration, or even if it's small claims court, if you don't want to deal with all of that and make, make them agree to having to try their very best to resolve the situation via email before they can even move on into anything else. These are the things that protect you. These little roadblocks are the reason why they're there. Yeah. Also hand in hand with that, document the amount of hours you are spending on that work. Because in the, re- in the event that your contract fails, a court will accept as part of what we call quantum merit, which basically means sweat. It's, well, that's not what it means. But you know. <laughs> and what it means is it's, the, it's, the, it's basically hard work, the merit of the hard work that you've already completed. And that's basically showing that you have earned every single amount of money. And I'll f- you will find that if you do it hourly, you probably owed more than you expected based on the flat fee that you've offered. So if somebody's trying to push their lock in court, bring out the hours and show them the amount of hours that you've worked on this service at your hourly rate. And a court will, will, in many cases, will give you that based on the work that you've already performed. We're going to interrupt this podcast for just a moment because there is a screaming deal that you guys absolutely have to take advantage of. You see, I've been using HoneyBook in my business for like, I don't know, the last four years or so. And honestly, no kidding, this is one of the best decisions I've made. It makes it so easy for me to keep track of clients, keep track of details, and to avoid that dreaded accidental double booking. Did anybody else just shudder when I said that out loud? Because that totally did. But the good news is with HoneyBook, you don't have to worry about any of those things. It is literally made for wedding vendors like you and me. But the reason that we're talking about them today is because they are offering a screaming deal that you have to take advantage of. For the next eight months, if you sign up right now, for the next eight months, all you gotta pay is $1 a month. $1 a month. This is ridiculous. Please head over there and sign up and make your life so much easier. Head on over to theunionpodcast.com slash dollar because it's a dollar a month. All right, back to your regular schedule programming. It sounds to me like contracts is, it goes back to what you were saying at the very beginning. Like it's there to protect 
you and your client. And so the client, yeah. Yeah. I mean, from the get-go, very rarely are you going to have someone who's like going to drag you through. I mean, I've been mm-hmm. at this for five years and I, I haven't had anybody get really nitpicky on anything. However, it's there to protect you just in case. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yes. And um, like contracts are like, they're great and there's documentation here. There's obviously a lot of people that have been moving with old contracts or contracts that are not completely like, you know, solid and things like that. And this is the reason why it's really important to negotiate. Like you find yourself in disputes most of the time, like try and negotiate with the client. There might be situations where you might have to give money back and, or that maybe giving money back is more of a business solution, um, business decision rather than a legal decision. Because I know that a lot of things are tied to um, reviews and like obviously also making sure that you're doing the best thing marketing wise and brand wise brand integrity wise for your, for your business. So there are decisions that I always call the business decisions versus the legal decisions. Sometimes they will meet and sometimes they won't, but you have to be able to make that decision while knowing fully well that you have the legal, at least there as your protection. Oh man, this is all such great insight. I feel like you have been a wealth of knowledge already. And I know so many people listening, maybe they're feeling they are out of, you know, it's out of budget for them to get an attorney to help them walk them through this personally. And so I think what you've created with Legally Set is just like the most incredible thing that a new, a new wedding pro could tap into. Can you tell us more about that? And also like, how they can get started? What, what sort of things they can find at Legally Set? Okay, so I've been very, very, like, intentional about the documents that I have on legally said. So like from, from something as simple as an event planning agreement, you can find it there. My event planning agreement is so detailed and it's, so, it's, it's one of my favorite documents. Actually, it's the bestseller on the, on the web, on website. Really? Yes, it is. The first thing that people go to straight is the event planning agreement. So I'm really happy about that. And I did check uh, the, one of them, I reached out to one of the people, the first person that purchased it, cause just to get feedback and see how she, she's like, Oh girl, I already sent it out. <laughs> I'm like, wait, what? Like, she had already sent it out to the client. She's like, I saw it. And I was like, Oh my God. So she just sent it out. So that, and obviously there's so many things that you can get. I know that there are um, event planners that also offer floral design. So we have a hybrid agreement there for event planning and floral. For people so that do smart. Make- yeah. Cause I, I found that over the last year, a lot of people were asking for like a lot of my clients were asking for that kind of customization. Personally, there's the photography agreement. We have a super amazing photography bundle that has like a photographer agreement, um, the associate photographer agreement, the second shooter agreement, things like that already bundled. And those are available on the site. We have contracts for coaches. So if you're a coach, there's a client coaching agreement for people like, you know, a lot of people are transitioning into that space as well. They're pivoting into like, you know, being a consultant or a coach in that regard. Trust me. Like there's, I think I've really tried so hard to put like every single agreement that's in thought. I'm working right now on the DJ agreement. So it's going to be an entertainment services agreement for a band or a DJ so that they can provide entertainment as well. So yes. Oh gosh. And then my favorite is the non-disclosure agreement because (laughs) so many people are having conversations now about new partnerships, new collaborations. I know that a lot of vendors are working together. There's a collaboration agreement. But there's all this discussion. So we have this NDA. I have a non-compete agreement for people who are bringing on staff who they don't want, not staff necessarily, maybe somebody that's working with you, like another event planner. And you want a situation where there's a non-compete based on the people that you're offering or like the space that you're bringing them into. I also have, God, there's not like, there's a graphic designer agreement. There's a business manager for people that are doing virtual, like online business management, physical business management, because a lot of people are hiring people to manage their businesses. It's there. 
I'm Dang. I'm scrolling over this in the background, you guys, and I am <laughs> dying. And your price points are incredible. Yes, that's like that's my favorite part. So I've literally like I can say it from right now. Like literally, my if you were going to hire me personally, I charge four hundred and ninety-five dollars an hour for my legal services. Yeah, so, and obviously I know that that's a high. Like it's 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 difficult for a lot of people to be able to afford. So I've put hours and hours into these agreements so that it's you know power parks like with quality attorney time. I say that over and over again because it actually has been vetted. I made sure I, I sent it to three different attorneys to vet three different industry professionals in that class to vet them as well, to make sure that everything was included because we all have blind sides and it's all available. The agreement is $349. So yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I, I have gotten attorneys to make agreements for me for businesses and it, yeah, it was not in the hundreds. It was well in the thousands yeah. for a good contract, <laughs> for a good exactly. agreement. Well, and I've seen ready-made contracts for sale on online before and none mm-hmm. of them were close. Like this is a price point that anyone can tap into. Like what a gift you are giving to this community, especially like knowing as wedding vendors, we are so hurting right now and yes. we're all desperate to make sure that we are protected for this next season. If this next season is happening the way that we hope it's going to, you know, Amen. like <laughs> we want to make sure that we are set up because some of us honestly 2020 like i grew up in southern california right on the beach in san clemente and i remember getting caught in a wave before when i was little and i was just kept getting pummeled and pummeled and pummeled like i was in like a washing machine um but like a feeding but you just kept getting that that's been mm-hmm. 2020 for us as wedding vendors been a lot mm-hmm. so what we want is we want a boogie board to hold on to all right so we might be flying around a little bit but at least we've got a good legal agreement and you've priced it in such a way that this is so affordable for everybody. And I had no idea what your price point was before I clicked over like two minutes ago. This is incredible. Yeah, yeah I'm so glad. And actually, so, cause I haven't actually set it up yet. And this is something that a decision I made today. And if you sign up for the newsletter, I'm giving out the rescheduling ad- addendum, the amendment for free. So it's uh, actually <gasps> a free move right now. I just haven't added it to my sequence yet. So I'll have it done by the end of this week. I don't know when this is coming up, but then most people, like I'm sure once people are listening to it, they'll be able to like just sign up for that part and you can get the rescheduling, which is literally the most important document for a lot of people right now. So yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, this is so amazing. We loved talking to you today. Yes. Just like, this has been lovely. And I cannot wait to have you on again, because I know with the blog and other stuff you've got going on, you've got a huge, like variety of things to talk about in the wedding industry. So we've got to have you come back again. Yes, we do. I happily, happily, I will. You've just walked down the aisle of today's episode of the Union Podcast. Thank you for celebrating today's show with us. We hope that you found a little gem of wedding wisdom from this episode. Please let us know your feedback by sharing a screenshot of this episode on Instagram. Be sure to tag at Union Podcast so we can hear your voices. Let us know what topics you'd love to hear about on future episodes. And don't forget to subscribe to the show on whatever podcast platform you prefer. Until next time, stay lovely, wedding friends.